To answer is human, to question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. Welcome back to another episode of the Hidden Gateway Podcast. I am your host, Justin Williams. Today's guest is Zovia Renea Morales. Sophia is an award-winning globalist, strategist, and formal biophysicist. She had it all, a high-powered career, loving husband, gorgeous properties, adventure, good friends, you name it. She was living the dream until her fast-paced life screeched to a halt and left her in pieces. Brought to the edge of death by an undiagnosed chronic Lyme disease, and she was left bankrupt in er every area of life. Desperate for a miracle, Zofia cried her most heartfelt prayer, I will do anything to get better. This single prayer triggered an unanticipated kundalini awakening, a spiritual activation that unlocked Zofia's gifts as an intuitive healer and mystic, changing her life completely. This experience was life-changing, which led to her to become a transformation alchemist and teacher who guides clients to find the gold within their most painful life transitions, helping people from all walks of life. She is also the host of the Sovereign Self Podcast and creator of Conscious Enlightenment Process. Sophia, welcome to the Hidden Gateway Podcast. How are you doing today? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me today, Justin. Yes. I am so looking forward to our conversation. <laughs> I've got like full body goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I have obviously been on your website and have learned uh, quite a bit about you over the last couple of weeks. So I am quite honored to have you on the show today. Um, as I mentioned before we hit record, I truly know that you and I align on a few levels here regarding spirituality and regarding um, that the knowing that comes from a spiritual awakening, right? And um, while you have had quite the life, as I said in your intro, you know, you had this um, phenomenal high-power career, you're an award-winning global strategist, a formal biophysicist. Like, wow, not only are you yeah. uh, spiritually on top, but wow, you have the brains to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the brains in some way were a limitation to stepping into it in a lot of ways. Uh, wow. And I know you mentioned you're interested in talking about the journey. So yes. I will yeah. share that. 
I think of my journey a little bit like a reverse Job. If you remember the story of Job from the Bible, many people are familiar with that. The devil came and said, well, the only reason Job loves you and cares for you so much is because you've given him all these wonderful blessings in his life. And if it were all gone, he would curse your name and, and you know, go on down the road without his faith. And so that was the premise of the thing. And the devil was given permission to take everything away. And the whole point was to see if he would lose his faith. Well, in my case, uh, everything was taken away to see if I could find some. Because I had been raised, I was raised with religion. It's not that I was not raised as a religious person, but I was raised in such a fundamentalist religion that you couldn't find the actual essence of God anymore. It was all about the power and control and the survival of the religion rather than the experience of relationship with the divine, which is really what religion is for in its highest and best, is to show you how to step into that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when I was very young, and I still had many of my, my gifts and my sensitivities turned on and turned up all the way, because that's how we're brought into this world. Um, I was told that all of that sort of thing was of the devil and that miracles mm. stopped with Jesus Christ. No one else does miracles anymore. And if they claim that they are, well, you know, they're going to hell. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's just not a warm, fuzzy place to be raised, especially when you're very sensitive. And so I learned to turn it all off and shut it all down. And as I grew into young adulthood and my early career, I went totally conscious mind. It's all humanistic, two plus two equals four. It's got to be replicatable (laughs) or I'm not buying into any of it. Don't give me this anecdotal evidence. I want controlled studies, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I went way into that and it was a beautiful space to be. I learned a lot of amazing skills there, Um, did a lot of really awesome stuff career-wise, which is something that was important to my mother. (laughs) I lived my mother's values for many years, Mm. and it was important to her that, you know, I have the house and the cars and the husband and the 2.5 kids and all of that sort of thing. And I never understood why none of that made me happy, Mm, right? Because that's what you're told. If you check off all the boxes, if you have all the things and the money and the stuff, you will be happy. And it don't work that way. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's a big lie. It's all a big lie. And so if you're in a lovely life like that, if you're wearing the golden handcuffs of a high-powered career and great big paychecks and great big bills that go with them, you can feel like you're trapped. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in that space, I would invite you to have some compassion for how you ended up in that space and know that when you want a way out of that, there is always a way. Wow, that's It may not look like your conscious mind wants it to look, but there is a way out. And if you sincerely desire it, you will find it. That is something that, you know, what really hit me about what you just said in the last 30 seconds there, you said, you told people to have, if you're in that space, have some compassion for you being in that space. And I think that's 
a hard thing for a lot of people to do, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. And I think there's a lot of people that do not know how to do that. Very true, because we're not taught to have compassion for ourselves. We're not taught how to have that calm headspace Mm -hmm. where you can really look at the thing and go, you know what, this is not for me, or Mm -hmm. I don't like this choice that I made. I'm going to make a different choice. Um, And while you're in the, the ego head noise that happens that we've all been trained to have, you know, and it's, it sounds like your mother or your father, or you know, your nasty teacher from kindergarten or whatever it was. Right. Mm -hmm. And it beats you up continuously. Yeah. And it tells you you're a schmuck and you're not worthy and all of the things. Mm -hmm. And the first step is to have a little compassion for yourself, Mm -hmm. like you would have for your child or your best friend. Right. So well said. It it all starts with us, right? It starts with us to have that compassion, to have that love, to have that forgiveness, to go inside. And if necessary, peel back those layers to find who we truly, truly are, right? Because I think we all have that. That that inner child, with for lack of a better term, that that has all these fears and all that doubt yeah. and all the worry, right? But sometimes you have to go in and, and, and talk to that inner child, right? You have to say it's okay. I understand yeah. why you are the way you are because of these experiences you had. I understand, and, but I'm here to love yeah. you and support exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and sometimes it can be challenging to shift into that perspective. And so mm-hmm. what I like to invite, what worked for me and what I like to invite people to do when they're working with me is to get curious. Ooh, okay. 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 You don't have to completely espouse another viewpoint overnight. Let's get a little curious. What if we try this little experiment? What if I sit peacefully for a while and I get curious about why it is I feel empty inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's a little step. You don't have to commit to doing anything about it, but get curious and find out maybe what it is, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be scary. I, I'd like to acknowledge that it can be very scary to go inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a very bad neighborhood, <laughs> or at least yeah. it was in my head, <laughs> a very bad neighborhood. And I didn't want to go there by myself. And right, so that's okay, right. too. Find a trusted friend, find a counselor, try, find a spiritual guide who's willing to go in there with you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Love that. Love that. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and obviously, it sounds like this is what you do through your, through your business, right? This is how you, you coach people, you help people. That's, that's part of your purpose. That is part of what I do in this world. I was shown early in my awakening that I'm a healer. And because I'm a scientist, and so two plus two equals four, and the scientist was going freaking ape shift as all of my stuff was turning (laughs) back on. You're losing your mind. You've got more brain damage than you realize. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so I'm writing off all of this stuff. I'm writing off the visions of the future and the knowings about the past. I'm writing off, you know, the the dead people that I'm seeing and the angels as figments of my imagination. I'm writing off the, the knowing of the right answers as well, you know, I must've read it someplace or it was a logical conclusion to come to or whatever it is. Right. And 
finally my guides are like, okay, we've got miss two plus two equals four. It's got to be documented. We're going to give you something that's documented. <laughs> And it arrived in the form of my neighbor. We were living in a retirement community at the time, uh, condo sitting for a friend of ours. And I was coming home from the grocery store. My neighbor is helping her husband into the house and she is staggering under his weight. He's twice the size of her. They're both in their mid eighties and he's clearly in a great deal of pain. So the ice cream can melt. We go get him in the house. And as we're getting into the house, she says, I have to go make an appointment with the kidney doctor. I need them to see him. This is the worst it's been. I'm really scared for him. Like, you do what you have to do. I'll stay here with him and keep him company. And that's kind of about all you can do, right? Because kidney pain is not better or worse in a position. It just is. And so... We're standing in the living room and I'm holding his hands and I know them both to be very devout people. I would say they are the best kinds of Christians in that they have worked all their life in service to the people around them Mm, uh, without the judgment, without the, well, you better believe the way I believe garbage. Okay. Mm. But just seeing everyone as worthy and wonderful and, you know, serving in any way they can and having that real close personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And his eyes are closed. I can see his lips are moving. I'm a little uncomfortable because my most recent prayer was two weeks ago. And before that, it was like decades. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I don't want to just watch him. It seems kind of rude and Mm -hmm. intrusive. So I went ahead and I closed my eyes. And when I closed my eyes, in my mind's eye, I saw this little tiny flame. And it was like a pilot light on the edge of going out. You know how they kind of dance and flicker right right before they go poof. Yes. And I was given this understanding that that is where he's at right now with his life force. He's on the edge of poof and we're out of here. Oh, wow. Okay. And I haven't acknowledged who I'm talking to or And I'm quite confident this question did not come from the scientific side of me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I asked, is there something we can do about that? Wow. And the instant I had that question form in my mind, that flame got really big and like a bonfire. I don't know how big it got because he dropped my hands. And so my eyes whipped open to see what's going on. And he looked at me and said, are you a healer? And I'm looking around to see who he's talking to because, um, no, two plus two equals four healer, faith healer. No, no, not something that happens over here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was saved from having to answer because his wife returned. And she says, we've got the emergency appointment, but we've got to leave right now. So we hustled him out to the car. We got him all loaded up. And I hid in my house for a couple of days. While the scientists proceeded to convince me that nothing had happened, it was all my imagination and pure circumstance. Mm-hmm. And also my conscience started working on me because I was raised a good Midwestern girl. And when your neighbors are in distress, you shovel their sidewalk, rake their leaves, mow their grass, bring over casserole. And I've done none of these things. Okay. So I... Mm-hmm. 
got up my nerve and I went next door, fully convinced that she's planning a funeral or sitting in the ICU with him. Okay. But I'm I'm going to be a good neighbor and I'm going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so I tapped on the door and the door opens and she smiled at me. I'm like, okay. So maybe it's not as bad as I thought it might be. And I said, hey, how you doing? How's Jay? She says, oh, we're so glad you're here. Jay has so many questions for you. And my stomach sunk out through Ooh. the bottom of my feet. <laughs> not what you <laughs> were expecting. No, I have no answers. I've convinced myself that none of that has happened. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so I'm already across the threshold. So I'm committed now. We go into the living room and there he is. He's kicked back in his sparkle lounger. He's got his book and his remote and a drink at his elbow, and he's looking Good fat day. and happy. <laughs> I, hey, how you doing, man? And he says, it was the strangest thing. By the time we got to the doctor's office, I was feeling pretty good. But they ran me through the whole variety of tests that they normally run me through. And you know what? My kidney function came back normal. I haven't had normal kidney function in quite some time. And he's been going to this kidney doctor for 20 years or something crazy like that. Mm. And if you know anything about kidney disease and the conventional medicine take on that, that is a long, slow decline that there is yeah. no reversing. Yeah, I know and something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the moment when the scientist had to sit down and shut the fuck up. And it was also the moment where I sat down and I looked back on everything that had been going on in the preceding couple of weeks with a different lens. It's like, okay, so my scientific brain has written this off as brain damage, creative imagination, all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. Let's look at it now in light of what just happened. And let's just, what if, what if it really was angels and dead people that I was seeing? What if some of what I was seeing for the future is something that actually comes to pass? What if this is all part of that anything that I agreed to when I said I will do anything to get better? <laughs> right, right. Wow. Wow. How long yeah. ago, how long ago was it, did this happen? Uh, let's see. I just had my birthday. Nine years now. Nine years. Okay. So yeah. please tell me about that journey of trust for you from that episode, that situation to now. I, I, I have to imagine that, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I have to imagine that you possibly went back and forth with the trust and, and growing into where you are now because that that fear that that energy it, it tries you daily, right? It, it, oh, it wants oh, to. The, the conscious mind doesn't yes. just sit down on the side and go, "Oh, okay, cool, yeah, right. do do your woo thing." We're we're done. No, it does not. <laughs> exactly. So it, what it what was fights that? you every inch of the way? Yes. So um, what was that like fighting that? But 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 of course, I know there there had to be a knowing there. Like I know this. 
I know that what I've experienced is true. I know it's divine. Yet and still, there's this thing that keeps picking at you. No, you're crazy. No, there's brain damage. No, <laughs> exactly. you're They're wrong. sending the guys with the coat and the wraparound yeah, sleeves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell well, me about that journey and how you made it through that to to be where you are now with the with the strong confidence that the knowing the strong unbreakable confidence in that that you have today. Yeah. If that's a, a longer conversation, but I will I will try and distill okay. it a little bit. Great, great. Uh I think I believe I've connected with my God squad, if you will. The okay. the spiritual guides that are here with us when we incarnate. I think of it a little bit like a moonshot. You know, you may send one guy in the capsule up there, but you got like 50 people on the ground, right? <laughs> right. Making sure all the readings are right and the trajectories and all this kind of stuff. And we have that, you know, we talk about, oh, my guardian angel. Well, you got more than one mm-hmm. guardian angel. First of all, you have a minimum of two, and then you have a spiritual council as well. And pretty early in my journey, I connected with the spiritual council. Uh, but you know what, just because I wasn't connecting with them doesn't mean that they weren't on board and doing their jobs. And so even before I got to the moment of the spiritual two by four up the head, (laughs) 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 which is what my awakening basically was, uh, they were working to, uh, build my trust because going up to that point, I would say probably for a healthy 12 months prior to that, I was put through a series of trials that right, looking back, I would call running at walls. If you know any of the Harry Potter series, you go to the train station and I forget mm. the number, but it's something and a half and you, you run at the wall and mm. it looks like you're going to smack into it, but you pass through it. Okay. Mm. And there were a bunch of those that happened coming up to this moment of surrender. And so they were already working with me on trusting that you've arrived at the right decision. Um, My husband has a career in a highly specialized field that has been evolving. And at the point that this was all coming to a head for me, his career was making it very clear to him that he needed another degree in order to hold down his jobs. Uh, The jobs he had were getting shorter and shorter, longer distance between the jobs. And so there was that going on. And when I was getting into the point at which I was the sickest and unable to work, he lost his job again. And we hadn't recovered from the relocation that took us out to Arizona. (laughs) And it's like, God, what are we going to do? You know, because we've been here 12 months and we're at zero income. I can't work. He's who knows how long it'll be until he finds a job. And so we're facing bankruptcy. And we came to the conclusion that that's what we needed to do because you can't budget zero. There's no way to just be better with your money or trim your expenses. Zero is zero and it goes nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so it was clear that bankruptcy was one of the things we had to do. The other thing that was clear as we were talking was that he needed another degree in order to move into the type of employment that would keep him more consistently employed and more or less within his industry. 
And so his choices were Juris Doctor or Medical Doctor or MBA. Mm. Now, every single one of those has a pretty substantial price tag attached to it. Yes, yes, yes. And when you're in bankruptcy, there are no student loans. You don't have discretionary income. If you bring in more money, the trustee is there going, gimme, gimme. And so I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I... It's clear we have to do this. So we started researching programs, and he decided he was going to get an MBA. And so we picked out a program for the MBA, and we got him enrolled (laughs) 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 with no clue how we're paying for this. Uh, But this is part of what – part of this trust Yes, love it, love it, yes. It was one of these things that it's like, we both knew this is Mm. what has to happen. How? No clue, but this is what has to happen. (laughs) Love it, love it, yes. And so I found a bankruptcy attorney who took me through the ins and the outs, and this guy was amazing. I mean, it wasn't just he knew the bankruptcy laws, but he knew all of the trustees and what they're inclined to do and what they're not inclined to do. Hmm. And so- I went in there looking for a chapter seven because zero income, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you go into a payer plan with zero income? So chapter 13 seemed to me to be off the table. And I had a long conversation with him, explained what we've been discussing with my husband on his educational front. And he looked at the whole business and he said, well, here's what you have to do. You're going to declare chapter 13. And somehow, between the two of you, you're going to find a job that will pay something $50,000 a year or less. Okay, now when my husband works, it's three or four times that number. And so I'm like, the odds of that happening (laughs) are really long (laughs) because kind of what he makes is zero or tons. And so, okay, fine. And the reason for that was He had a plan for how we could use a certain amount of our retirement money to pay for the education without triggering a condition under which the trustee could also reach into the retirement account. And if we went chapter seven, the guy who ran seven would definitely look to bust that. And so chapter 13 is what we needed to do. And okay, great. That's what we're going to do. But we got no income. (laughs) I don't know how this is working, right? Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But it was clear that that felt like the right answer, even though all of the facts argued to the contrary. (laughs) So we got my husband started on this degree program, and he had a buddy who was going to one of these uh, professional conference things. He was having a booth and needed people to man the booth with him. He says, I'll pay for you to come. You can in your hotel and you can hobnob or whatever when you're not actually manning the booth. So, okay, great. This is a great opportunity to go looking for the next gig, right? Okay, right, right. (laughs) And so he said, yes, he would go do that. And while he was there, ran into a gentleman that he had worked with in a more distant fashion uh, who approached him about expanding his current business into consulting. Because my husband did a certain amount of independent consulting prior to that. And they arrived at an agreement, and my husband came home with exactly $50,000 in income. Oh, wow. 
That's <laughs> like, okay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the, the, things are lining up, but now we have another problem because we're in Arizona. We have to maintain residence in Arizona, and the job is across the country in Indiana. Oh, okay. And so we can't both go. Only one of us can go, which now we need to have two households on the budget for one household (laughs) because we've already submitted the budget for the bankruptcy. And so I sent out an email to everybody that I knew in Indiana. And when I'd been in Indiana, I'd been in outside sales. So I had a long list of people to email. Okay. And so if you knew me from Indiana, you got an email that said something to the effect of, here's our situation. We're in bankruptcy. I'm very ill, blah, 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 filling in all those details. We need a place that my husband can sleep, park the car, a shelf in the refrigerator, an internet connection. And he's allergic to cats, so no cats. He's he's quiet. <laughs> You'll never know he's there. He's polite. He'll probably even do some chores for you. <laughs> Just let us know what you want, right? Right. And I got a lot of so sorry to hear that. Oh, no, we just rented the guest room to our niece, that kind of thing. And then I got something I didn't expect at all. Uh, One of our neighbors' mothers had passed away. This was in a retirement community. The unit was completely upside down. She's forbidden from renting it Mm. as part of the terms of the purchase. So... She can't sell it. She can't rent it. It's sitting there empty. And that means she has to keep a really close eye on it because empty real estate is a disaster, right? (laughs) (laughs) People figure it out. The kids break in and have, you know, keggers and destroy things. And so she wrote back and said, it would be a blessing if he would come and live in the place and take care of it. All I want him to do is pay for the utilities he uses. Hallelujah. Wow. And it's furnished, so we don't wow. have to move a bunch of stuff out there. <laughs> he can bring his suitcase oh, and goodness. his computer and plug in. Wow. And so it's like, wow, okay. I had no idea how that was going to work, but it was so much more than I ever expected. And so I keep being put through these situations where yeah. it's like, it's not possible, but yet, surprise, it is. There you go. And so that was part of the early trust building process before I'd even consciously gone through the awakening and connected with the spiritual council. And once I did that, it was very clear that their fingerprints were all over that shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Without (laughs) doubt. That is that is like I want to say it's amazing, but I don't want to say it's not. But it's again, I, I always go back to that knowing, just knowing how the spirit, the divine works just to ensure that everything goes as planned, as written to put you in a position to succeed, just to make things happen. And I love that. I love that. And it does it in such a way for you to have an understanding that, like you said, my fingers are all on it, right? You may not understand or know it when you're going through it, but somehow, some way the spirit is going to let you know at some point in the future down the line. And I love how that experience played out in your life and built just another layer of trust. That's a beautiful thing, Sophia. It really is. Absolutely. Well, and I 
I've had a large mind shift around that incident in my life as well. And looking back at it, I'm going to say it was an answer to prayer as well. Okay. Because as I mentioned, we'd been on this financial roller coaster with my husband's employment for a decade or so. And it had left us in a pretty shaky financial position. So yeah, we had properties, but we also had mortgages on all those properties. And we had a bunch of bills that had gotten stacked up and the savings were depleted. And I was looking at it and it's like, well, okay, if I could win the lottery, that kind of straightened some shit out, right? There you go. And so in my in my being, I wanted all of that like mountain of debt to go away. Now, my conscious mind wanted a whole bunch of money coming in to make all of that debt go away, but that didn't turn out to be the answer. The answer was to open my hands and release release the rental properties and second homes and all of that kind of stuff as part of the bankruptcy. And as I released all of that, it also took all of the debt away with it. Right. There you go. There you go. And so that? in the end, it was an answer to prayer. It just didn't arrive the way my mind wanted it to arrive. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. I, I think that was one of the big lessons going through it, um, is when you're praying for something big, it's important to release your expectation about how the answer to that prayer is going to manifest. Mm, that's powerful. I like that. I like that. And and what I think of when you say that is if you don't, and this is based off my personal experience, right? If you don't release that expectation, that brings up an energy possibly, at least it did for me, of worry because you're constantly thinking about it. You're worried about it, like, come on, come on through. And what we are yeah, supposed and, and to do. Yeah, and you're not heading the direction that you need to be heading circumstances. Yes, yeah. right, right. So like you said, you said it perfectly, you let go. You let go of the property. And not only did you let go of the property, you let go of that uh, maybe that uh, a sense of worry, a sense of doubt, a sense of fear, and as we know, it it worked out perfectly for you. So that's it works that's out excellent. beautifully. Yes, it does. Well, and that's there's a natural law, right? If you want something, you need to make space for it. Mm. And so, if you've asked for something very large to arrive in your life, you need to be prepared that you'll need to make space for whatever that is. And if you're asking for something that is fundamentally and foundationally different for you, that could be some really foundational stuff that you have to release as well. Wow. Wow. All right. <laughs> and so the the thing that I invite people to do now that you've heard this is the next time you're looking to manifest something. And it feels like suddenly things are going sideways and and like the foundations are being shaken. Take a deep breath. After you've had your freak out, because you're still going to be human and have your freak out, I still have my freak out. <laughs> I don't care mm-hmm. how awakened you are, there's going to be a moment, right? however long, where it's like, ah, it's all going sideways. Have that moment. It's okay. And then take a nice deep breath. <sighs> And step into your curiosity. I wonder how this serves me. Hmm. Because the universe will answer every question you put out there. So ask the one that takes you forward, how does this serve me? How does this get me closer to my manifestation? Love that. That is beautiful. 
Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Sophie, I have a question for you. Earlier you yeah. mentioned that you were raised um, in a is it religious home as a youth? Is that yes, what, very. What, what uh, were you Catholic, Christian? What what was the denomination? It was an extremely conservative version of Lutheranism, and there Lutheran, was only okay. one more conservative than us, and their women all wore long skirts and bonnets. <laughs> we didn't go quite that far, but there okay. was no drinking, no dancing, no right. fraternizing with the opposite sex kind of thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, today, are you religious? Do you go to church? Do you subscribe to any type of religion? I have distinguished my relationship with the divine okay. from the structure of religion and dogma. Okay. And I will, what do I want to say? I will honor the religious uh, institutions and rituals of those mm -hmm. around me. And so if my cousin's getting married in the Catholic church, I will go into the Catholic church and do all of the things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I have even joined choirs of churches <laughs> because I love to sing. It's abs I absolutely adore it. And I think it's one of the most uplifting parts of traditional religious structure. Um, but I find I don't want to affiliate with religions who are going to go, well, we're the only way and we have to go apostolize and evangelize to everybody around us and make them all believe the way that we believe. I don't buy into that. Okay. It doesn't jive with the God that I know. Yes. The God that I know wants to have a personal relationship with you. Yeah. Yes. And to work with you and through you in that way. And whether you call him Jesus or Buddha or Allah or some other name that I'm even unfamiliar with makes no difference and to I bet that you, source energy. And I bet you feel closer to God today than you did before when you were deep into that Lutheranism religion. Am I correct? Much, much more. Yes, yes. Much, much more, and because the God that they talked to me about when I was growing up was not the God that I knew and understood inside myself. Right. <laughs> and and the dissonance between what they're telling me about God, that he would send this group of quote-unquote chosen people in to like eradicate the people who are already in this so-called promised land. It's like, mm -hmm. this is not the God I know. <laughs> he would never do that shit. Yes, right. Uh, you know, and so this is clearly some aspect of of human thinking that has been applied under his name to justify whatever desires and actions were going on in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that, and I positioned that question as as if I knew because I went through something similar. You know, as, as my audience knows, I was raised in a very, I shouldn't say very, very, but a somewhat strict uh, religious upbringing. You know, to this day, my mom is a licensed evangelist. So I was one of those kids that mm -hmm. went to church three, four, five times a week. And and what flavor was yours? 
Uh, so Church of God in Christ, also known okay. as AKA Kojic, right? Pentecostal, hardcore Pentecostal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holy rolling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. So. And you, you know, would think there should be a closer relationship there, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now I know for me, you know, going from that being essentially programmed, right. And to a certain mm-hmm. extent to where I am today with um, me being a spiritual, not religious person and, you know, um, happy, <clears throat> excuse me, having a lot of the experiences that I've had and like you being closer to God today than I was when I was programmed in, in that mode, you know, um, it, it was, it was challenging for me, right. To, oh, to yeah. break that programming. And so that's something I want to ask you about. Talk to me about, not, not, um, I, I guess, what was that like for you? Just unprogramming yourself, going from a place of, of where you were raised and how you were raised to where you are now. You know, yeah. what was what was that journey like? I'm, I'm going to talk about this from two aspects. The okay. scientist is going to come sit with us for a minute <laughs> <All right. laughs> because science does still apply. Uh, and I still troubleshoot and do all that stuff. I just do it on the spiritual side as well as the physical side. And so being that we are spiritual beings having experience in a physical body and the physical body has certain, what do I say, rules and protocols that run it, right? Mm-hmm. Our beliefs and the things that we learn when we're very, very young, it all gets programmed and sits in your subconscious mind. And then as you grow up, your conscious mind sits on top of that and it's like the, the policeman to make sure that nothing gets in there to change that foundational programming. And so what you will notice in personal development circles is you can slowly change the subconscious mind by working with the conscious mind to get it there little by little. Um, They did a study. I love this study. They looked at 600 sessions of talk therapy, the traditional psychotherapy that where we send people, it's like, you have trouble, you need to, you know, work on your self-esteem or whatever, go see the psychologist. Um, And they compared it with six sessions of hypnotherapy. And the beautiful thing with hypnotherapy is you move the conscious mind out of the way. And so 600 sessions versus six sessions. With 600 sessions, you saw 38% improvement for the people who, you know, were going through the therapy and playing full on which is respectable. I mean, it's obviously working. Right. Um, but that's like two decades <laughs> of, of psychology. <laughs> uh, I don't know about your health plan, but mine is like you can go 12 and that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they compared that with six sessions of hypnotherapy where you go straight to the subconscious mind where the beliefs live. And you go, you know what, we're cross-wired over here and this is not serving us and let's do this differently. Mm. 93% improvement in the presenting problem. Wow. Six sessions. Wow. And so huh. what the reason I share that is the most common way that we approach changing these foundational beliefs is working through the conscious mind. We look in the mirror and we say, I love you. I love you so much. You're perfect exactly the way you are. And there's this voice in your mind going, 
bullshit, 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 mm-hmm. right? Right, right. <laughs> and if you do it long enough, eventually the voice, if you ignore it, it will start to like, calm down and go away. Uh, but if you work directly with the conscious mind, you can make these shifts really quickly. Mm. And I, I want to share that because if you've been thinking, well, you know, maybe I should invest in one of these guided meditations or do some one-on-one hypnosis work with someone. It's so expensive, but it's totally worth the investment. Yes. And that is the place that you can go in and really shift the foundational beliefs about I am worthy. Mm -hmm. I am okay exactly as I am. You know, it, it is perfectly appropriate for me to receive money. It is perfectly appropriate for me to spend money on myself. Mm. Um, It is appropriate for a spiritual teacher to be well supported. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. some of these foundational things, including if you don't believe the way we believe, you're going to hell in a handbasket. Right. Wow. And so I share this because (laughs) I've used both ways and the hypnotherapy is the way to go. Oh, and I that's why it. I'm certified in hypnotherapy, because why take the slow road? Why are we making this harder on ourselves? Right, right. Now, personally, I've never been through hypno- hypnotherapy, but I have um, done meditation, which is another tool that, that you mentioned. I've been. Yes. Uh, and that's another way to interact directly with your subconscious mind. Yes. And that has been life changing for me. I started uh, meditating back in 2020, maybe right around uh, July of 2020. And it has been, again, life-changing for me. I have, you know, stepped into my purpose. I have uh, peeled back layers of doubt, fear, and untrust. Um, And since I've done these things, I am now vibrating higher. I am uh, happier. Um, I have done a lot of healing, Sophia, from a lot of the experiences that I had as a youth because the way I was raised and and my audience knows they've heard it a million times. Uh, My father was very abusive, right? He was a Marine. He was an alcoholic. Oh my goodness. The worst possible combination. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Again, his, 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 one of his mantras was a child is to be seen and not heard. So very controlling, (sighs) um, very physically abusive, right? He used to really Mm -hmm. rough my brother and I up a lot. But yeah. what was worse than that was the psychological abuse that I experienced from him. And because of this, I grew up a very quiet, introverted child. Okay. Which led oh, to- Oh, sure. My, yeah. Because you don't want to be heard because it, that will not be good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Which of course bled into my adulthood, which oh, caused yeah. me issues with expressing myself, um, which caused me issues in relationships as well as on jobs and others. Absolutely. Because a man who cannot speak up for himself in the workplace is going to have a lot of trouble. Yes. I know all yeah. about it. But then, you know, my, my, my healing journey actually started before 2020. Thank God for for my wife who made me recognize some things about not only my father, but myself. You know, and I say about my father because in my mind, my father was this great man, this good man, because he was like a Dr. Jekyll Hyde character, right? He had this oh, dark so the side community of him. thought he was amazing. Yes, yes, yeah, which caused me to think he was amazing because you know I, I never doubted he loved me. Okay, and um, he was a great provider. 
and he was there. But again, there was this other side of him that was dark. When he started drinking, he became very physically and psychologically abusive. So yeah. that caused a lot of confusion and it caused me to grow up with these these issues. And again, my healing started maybe around 2016 with, with awareness. And then that journey continued. And here we are at 2020. I started this meditation, which was really the one of the strongest pivots for myself in my journey in spirituality. And then, Absolutely. oh my goodness, it just, I'm doing so much better today. Yeah. Because well, of and meditation. meditation can definitely act as, what do I want to call it? Self-hypnosis. It's mm. like solo hypnotherapy in some okay. ways. Okay. Okay. And what I've noticed with most people is you can do 80% of your work in that fashion. Okay. Okay. So if you're out there going, I could never afford self-hypnosis, start meditating, start getting curious about, well, why is this pattern here? What is it serving me? Because your subconscious mind is always, it's there to serve. It wants to protect you and keep you safe. And so even the worst habits that you have, the most frustrating ones that you would so desperately like to get rid of, and you can't think there's a single redeeming thing about it, there is one. And your subconscious mind knows what it is, and it's not going to let it go <laughs> until you've found a better way to provide that need. Right. Wow. So well said. Very, very well said. And so, yeah, you can do 80% of your work. The remaining 20%, you need like your wife, for example, who stood as a mirror for you and said, hey, there's some things you need to look at. Uh -huh. Here's another perspective on what's going on here. Yeah. Because there are these things, and I, I liken it to going to the doctor, okay? There are a lot of things you go to the doctor and he's like, well, you should lose 15 pounds. You need to eat a little better. Your cholesterol's whacked. You know, there's some lifestyle things you can do, a little more movement in your life, right? And then there are things that, won't respond to that where it's like, okay, look, <laughs> now we do need to take you in and, and do some surgery and knee replacement is what's required at the stage that you're at. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of that way in the, the healing journey that we go through on the emotional and psychological side, there's 80% of the stuff you can take care of through awareness conscious choice, choosing different ways, having compassion for yourself when you don't quite get it right and being willing to step out and try it again a different way. Um, and then there's the 20% where you need to come see someone like me or perhaps you, <laughs> where you can go into the subconscious mind together and have a container held that allows you to see it from another angle because yes. you haven't been able to get that perspective. Oh my goodness. So well said. So true. I, I love it. You, you, you said that perf perfectly. Thank you so much for that. And one other thing I want to ask you about in that regard. So we talked about meditation. We talked about the hypnosis as well, right? What about plant medicine? I know this is something we briefly touched on before we hit record. I want yeah. to know your thoughts on that. And I, as I've told you, and, and my audience knows as well, I um, had an ayahuasca journey where I sat with ayahuasca for three, uh, three nights last year, March of 21. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that you ever done? Do you recommend that for your clients and people that you help? What can you share? Uh, what I will share on that front is it's something that must be done with great discretion. When you go into plant medicine, you want to go in with it, not with, oh, I want to have this cool spiritual journey. 
mm-hmm. kind of attitude. It needs to be approached with respect because it is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something to play with. So choose your guides and your situations very carefully when you feel moved to go down that road. Um, if you've had a history of, what do I want to say? Addiction and substance problems, I wouldn't recommend it as your first choice. Uh, There are other ways to get there. Um, Ayahuasca, I think, is one of these things that can open a door. And if you've been doing your work and you're ready for that door to be opened, I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you've not been doing your work, if you're thinking of it as a shortcut to avoid your work, um. I would I would advise you to hold off, do right. more of your work before you go there, um, because I think it can be very similar to Kundalini awakening. Because mm. there are two kinds of Kundalini awakenings, and everybody's like, "Oh, I want one! I want one!" And when I tell people that I've I had a spontaneous one, they're like, "Oh, you're so lucky!" No, <laughs> <laughs> no, right. because when you work with a master to awaken your kundalini, you do a shit ton of this work before you get to the point that you actually awaken it and bring it up. Mm. And if you haven't done the work and that path is not clear for it to come up, terrible things happen. Okay. You have blockages in your body. It tries to come out channels. It's not designed to come out through. It's physically difficult it can be very spiritually terrifying it can be psychologically wounding Mm. okay um and so never ever ever tell someone who's had a spontaneous kundalini awakening how how fortunate they are (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't do that (laughs) yeah so it can be very very um i guess you have to be very careful you know like you said you have to be very careful in regards to what you you tell people careful who you work with and you have to be prepared for what you're going into which means it should this should not be the first healing thing you're doing you should feel like you know what i've got my healing pretty well under hand before you go into something like this or have a specific healing outcome that you're working with that you're looking to achieve um and the important thing is to pay attention to your soul on this one. Okay. Mm. Uh, when it's time for something like this to happen frequently, you won't have to go seek it out. Okay. The, right. the right person will arrive into your life. You will receive an invitation into it yeah. and you will feel what I want to say, completely calm and centered around the decision. Yes. There's not going to be a whole bunch of head trash and, and should I, or shouldn't I, or I have to strive to make sure I can, you know, make this happen. When it's time, it will all work out exactly right. And those are some of the signs that I look for. Um, when I'm when I'm inquiring into my soul and into my intuition, is this the right step for me? Mm-hmm. I have noticed or learned to discern the difference between my mind really want really 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 wants me to do this. And my soul wants me to do this. Wow. Very and good. Some of what I've noticed around that discernment is the mind energy is very busy. 
Okay. So if my mind wants me to do it, it's going to be, oh, this is exactly perfect. And we'll arrange this and we'll do this. And we're going to get this kind of outcome and all that kind of planning stuff going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's mind energy. Soul energy is very quiet and factual. It's like, (laughs) this is the one. Yeah. That and knowing. that's all your soul will have to say about it. Yes. And it's very neutral. Mm-hmm. It's a very neutral message when it arrives. It doesn't have emotions attached to it. You may have an emotional reaction to that information afterwards, but the information itself brings no emotion with it. It's just, this is the one. This is the okay. one. You know it very well. <laughs> yeah. Very well said. So how was it? For you, or I should say for your husband, when you went through your awakening and your spiritual pivot, you know, because I know a lot of people that go through what we've been through, their loved ones struggle because they don't understand. Can't deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and for me, that's how my wife was. And thank God we've gotten to a place where she's gained this trust. And along that journey, along that way, there's been healing for her as well. Yeah. So we've arrived to this point that. It's divine that we're we we both know it's it's again I always go back to that knowing because that's what's so close to my heart in regards to what I've experienced in in the the spiritual um, experiences that I've had. So, what was that like for you with, in regards to your to your husband as, yeah. as you went through this journey? Um, I will make an observation before I go into the story, okay. and my observation is this. When one part of the couple wakes up, there is always a choice on the other half of the couple, whether to accept that and kind of tag along on that journey a little bit or to resist that and decide that they don't want to go down that road. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you are concerned about revealing this to your other, you have legitimate concerns. Okay. Because I've, I've seen both outcomes. And you can't change what the other person wants to do. You have to just allow whatever it is to be perfect. Right. And my case, it took me six months to work up the nerve to let him know what was happening with me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am a scientist, married to a scientist. We met in grad school while we were getting our advanced degrees. And so fully vetted, we've got all of the medals, you know science uber nerds Mm -hmm. and so i was having trouble accepting what was happening to me i could only imagine right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was not a good imagining right and i finally worked up the nerve after about six months in and i shared with him what had been happening what had been going on how it all began um and that it was not going to be changing Okay, I, mm-hmm. this was a path I was on, and yeah. I could only see this accelerating. And he took it far better than I did. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and I think I have my mother-in-law to thank for this, because my huh. mother-in-law, I love her. She's such a wonderful lady. She is like love. I huh. don't know how else to describe it. She is like love. And she's always been a very dialed in person. She was raised Mm -hmm. Catholic. Mm 
Uh, but the interesting thing, I'm always fascinated by the Catholic Church because they have these really dogmatic areas. And then they also have these really charismatic, connected to God areas. Mm. And somehow it all coexists together, which is yeah. a continuing fascination to me. And she is someone who believes in all the miracles. And she goes to all the sites of, you know, the well of this and the whatever of that. Uh, and she's witnessed people who had faith healings and all of that is completely normal in her world. And so, I mean, I love her. I adore her. But, you know, early in our relationship, it was like, I'm going to bite my tongue because I like this lady very much and I'm not going to rain on her parade, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and so he was raised with that. And so it was not a shock to him okay. that okay. his wife suddenly is like angels and fairies and crossed over dead people. And <laughs> <laughs> strange things are happening in my world and <sighs> faith healing. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. <laughs> and great. so he was much more accepting of what was happening for me than I was. Hmm. And, you know, I get a follow-up question frequently of, well, and has he gone along with you on this journey? And I will say to an extent, um, his, his higher self <laughs> was very clear with me early on because we wake up. And I think I'm not alone in this and go, oh, I can fix all the people around me. Ah, yeah. Right? That yeah, that's yeah, a distraction, yeah. by the way. Um, mm -hmm. but it occurs to you, it's like, oh my God, I could do all this amazing stuff for my husband who I love and my mother who I care, you know, all of this. Mm -hmm. And his higher self was very firm with me the first time I tried to go in there and meddle. And mm -hmm. it was like, you will not do anything like this unless you've been specifically invited. Ooh. through his lips. Ooh, this is not okay. like, my higher self will talk to your higher No. Mm. No, he has to physically come to me and say, I want you to work with me on something. Wow, okay. And he does periodically. Mm -hmm. And out of respect, I take off my wife hat, the meddling wife hat, <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> put mm -hmm. that over there. <laughs> and I put on the healer hat, who's neutral about outcome, outcome neutral. And we go do the thing. Um, and so I've worked with him maybe two or three times. Uh, awesome. He asked me to teach him to meditate. And so he does meditate. Great. great. Which is a beautiful thing. And he's on his own, his own journey. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Sophia. Sophia, you are a blessing to many people. And what you Thank do you so much, is Justin. phenomenal. And I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for this conversation that we had the opportunity to have today. Oh, it me too. And I feel like we could carry on for hours and hours <laughs> more. But the people out there in listener land are going to go, we are so over you. I'm 50% past my podcast listening time point. <laughs> very true. Very true. Though I do have one last question for you. And I know sure. the audience looks forward to this each and every episode. Each and every episode I ask every guest to leave our listeners with what I like to call a token of love, something that they can take forward with them on their journey, something that you feel in this moment that the people need to hear, whether it's a minute, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five minutes, what would that be? Well, 
what it would be is this. God, omnipresent. You know that concept from religion, God is everywhere all the time. That is a fact. And what this means to you personally in your life is everything that you deal with in this life, whether it's the pen on your desk, the desk, the computer, every being that you deal with in this life, whether it's your dog or your child or the neighbor who's on a crusade against you, every single one of these bits of reality is God. There is divine in that. And your life changes dramatically when you can look into the other person's eyes, when you can look at the device that's frustrating you and connect to the fact that that is God and it's here to serve you in some way oh. as you are here to serve it. Oof. Wow. So it's a win-win. It is a a win-win. And I guess the other thing I would share is if you have looked down deep inside yourself and you have not found that spark of God, I will share with you that it is in there. And the reason that you are not seeing it is because you've been programmed to not see it. Mm. And one of the important pieces as you're in your next meditation and you're like, I want to connect with this divine core. When you feel like you're not seeing it, call out the lie and the illusion. Okay? Wow. Wow. You are hiding God from me. I see you as the lie and the illusion and step aside. Ooh, powerful. Wow. I know without a shadow of a doubt there's some people listening to this that needed to hear that. Those are powerful words. Very all of it and that last part right there to speak it is so important. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. This chat with you, I knew it was going to be great, but I did not imagine truly how great it was going to be and I am so happy and so proud of what you do and so proud of the opportunity to connect with you today, Sophia. Thank you so much. You have been a blessing to the masses that listen to this podcast. I mean, this is like literally uh, one of my all-time favorites. You know, I knew you and I were going to connect on a a divine level and the spirit did not disappoint. So thank you so much. never disappoints. Never, never disappoints. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to be here. I, I can't express how honored I am. Thank you. To have Let, shared with y'all. Thank you so much. Let the listeners know where they can locate you, social media, websites, etc. Oh, okay. Okay. So I have two doors into Zofia land. And it's up to you which door suits you better. Uh, the the tire kicker door, the one that I'd like to come in and kind of lurk around and see what Zofia is about, uh, is actually in the form of a quiz. It is the what is your number one spiritual superpower quiz because we all have superpowers that we came in with, but we oftentimes don't recognize them because it just is the way I am. Why would this be a superpower? Well, no one else is that way. (laughs) (laughs) And so I created this quiz to stand as a mirror so that you can see 
the giftedness that makes you special that you brought into this world to express. And so you can find that at superpowerquiz.us. It takes just a couple of minutes and you get your results back and you also end up on my mailing list and that's how you get to see Zofia Land. Uh, the other door is much more direct um, and the people who prefer this door tend to be the ones that it's like, I got goosebumps when I heard you talking about this and I just know I have to talk to you, right? It's that soul <laughs> level, I got to talk to you. Right. And you can get a free 20 minute conversation with me at bookzofiacoffeechat.com. And so that's B O O K Z O F I A coffeechat.com. And we'll hook up and talk about what's going on for you. The thing that I promise people about this conversation is you will leave with a direction mm. and you'll know what you need to do next. You will also leave with an option to work with me on whatever that next step is. And it's a no-pressure situation. You can take that invitation. You can pass on that invitation. There are no strings. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Good people hit her up. This woman is amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. And again, thank you so much for standing in your truth. And I'm so grateful for this experience today. Thanks for being on the Hidden Gateway Podcast. And to the audience, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hidden Gateway Podcast. As always, you can please stay connected with us at thehiddengateway.com. If you would like to speak to us, shoot us an email at support at thehiddengateway.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. Now, this will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be love, and be free. The Hidden Gateway, out.